The No Quarter Given podcast is brought to you by BuckPower.com, Titan Home Lending, TicketSmarter.com, and our Florida realtor, Drew Felios. Enjoy the podcast. Ahoy, Buck fans! Are ye looking for a different kind of podcast that centers on the yellow-bellied opponents? Well, you've come to the right place. Get ready for an enjoyable, in-depth look back at the important moments, historical facts, and games for the Buccaneers against this week's opposition. It's the No Quarter Given podcast on the BuckPower.com podcast network. Now, let's get started with your co-hosts, Jason Powers and Peter Blake. All right, welcome in. Happy New Year, happy 2024. Not a good end to 2023 for our Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the Buccaneers fall on New Year's Eve, 23-13 to to the New Orleans Saints to fall to 8-8 eight and eight and squander an opportunity to win the NFC South in one of two opportunities that they now have. Uh, I'm your host, Jason in Tampa. Peter Blake, welcome in. Happy New Year, sir. Yeah, Happy New Year. Uh, happy trails to 2023 uh, and it wasn't necessarily what we wanted uh for the saints for the saints to actually uh you know win that game it was ridiculous at the end of it so disappointing to say the least you thought the bucks would have a better effort you thought they would also come out there with more urgency if you will and i don't know when this team is going to be able to do that welcome to the no quarter given podcast part of the buckpower.com podcast network Appreciate you finding us. If you haven't already done so, hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform. And, and forward this to all your Buck fans. Uh, you can find this video interview of Peter, my, Peter and myself. And also, I'm gonna, we're going to talk to TJ Reeves later in the episode. You can find the video interviews at on my YouTube channel, Jason Power Sports Channel. You can find all the video interviews uh, and all the video chats from our previous podcast yeah. on there, all the video stuff, or you can go to the No Quarter Given podcast to find all the archived episodes from all 17 weeks. And now we're into week 18, final week of the regular season. Peter Blake, hard to believe we are at this point, but we are still in another position where if the Bucks win, they are in the NFC playoffs. Yeah, you you win, you're in, and uh, who knows what's going to happen with the injury situation with Baker Mayfield. You know, he takes a shot. He's got sore ribs. So is it Kyle Trask that's going to start? Is Baker Mayfield going to make through it? And then on top of it, if you don't win this game, and I was asking fans tonight on my show, do you fire Todd Bowles? I, I hope we're not having that conversation. I hope it's more of a conversation of, Bucks take care of business versus the Carolina Panthers. And Jason, you got to take care of business. They're the worst team in the National Football League. It's now or never. You either, you know, put a full game together, come out with urgency. I don't know. Score in the first drive because you haven't been able to do that all year long. I mean, what a way to do it. You do it. You wait to the last game. It's the most important game. Let's get it done. Uh, This team definitely needs to have, like I said, more urgency. And it starts on Sunday versus the Panthers. You're right. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into a deep dive into the Panthers here in, in a few minutes. But first, let's do a little recap of the Saints game. Obviously, Bucks lose 23-13. The game really wasn't even that close, if we're being honest with ourselves. The, the Saints take the opening drive. They go straight down the field. Eight-minute drive. We, the Bucks can't get off the field. No huge plays in the drive, but just nickel and diamond us to death. The tight end was an issue. Juwan Johnson. Uh, the running game got it, it, it. The running game didn't kill us, but more Juwan Johnson. The short passing game. Give Carr credit and that Saints offense credit. They came in. They they went right down the field. Eight minute drive. That to me was the uh, the first sign of trouble when the Bucks gave up an eight minute drive. Then I think they went three and out on their first possession. It was not a good start. Uh, and just again a lackluster performance. You mentioned the lack of urgency. You know, TJ mentioned that on the post-game show, talking to guys. There didn't seem to be a, a, an urgency level from guys like Levante David, the offensive guys, you know, just just a lethargic effort. And it's hard to, hard to imagine when you have a division title in your building, in, in, attainable in your building, that they came out so uh, lackluster. Yeah, I agree. And they came out flat, and it started, like you said, in that first drive. And the uh, the thing that was different from the first matchup is that you saw this defensive line really get after Derek Carr he had all day long. You could have had a picnic back there, Jason Powers, my t- tag team partner of the world. Yep. When you give a quarterback more than three to five seconds to throw the ball, 
the Saints got weapons, okay, and they're going to pick you apart. And I get it. You have Carl, you know, Carlton Davis is not playing in this game, and it definitely showed. They were playing off. They were giving receivers, you know, wide open looks. The tight end was killing you. You know, Taysom Hill catching a couple passes there. Yep. So disappointing start. And you're like, okay, Bucks have their backs against the wall. Now it's time to turn on the offense, and it never came because it was just completely flat. In fact, so much so with Baker Mayfield. What is he, 5 for 10 for 43 yards? Ain't going to get it done. That, that's not enough. That's not going to get it done as an NFL quarterback. Yeah, all right, some, some, some basic stats from the game. There were not a lot of pretty stats for the Buccaneers. Baker ends up with 309 yards passing, two touchdowns. Again, most of that was in garbage time in the fourth quarter, to be honest with you. Threw two interceptions. One was one was an underthrown, woefully underthrown ball to Trey Palmer, which could have been a touchdown. And then the second one, very minorly, minor deflection, but it was still thrown into the inside in the wrong spot. Would have probably been picked anyway through a bad interception there. Bucks have four turnovers, kind of an unlucky turnover with Rashad White's fumble. And then you have the Trey Palmer kind of, again, a better throw by Baker. That's a touchdown. He makes a great catch, but he's lunging off balance. Hits the ground, the ball pops loose, and that pretty much ended any hope of a potential comeback. Again, give Palmer credit, making a nice catch, but if, but if Baker is more accurate, that's a walk-in touchdown. I completely agree with you on that. I don't know how he fumbled the ball because I thought he was going to either go down or score a touchdown. It was a big play at the 12-yard line, and it was just – it's what happened all day long for the Bucs. You know, White gets a big-time run, his biggest run of the day for 18 yards, and gets the ball stripped away. You have momentum, it's taken away. Uh, the same thing with Palmer. You feel like you're going to get back in the game there, and then he fumbles the ball away. And that is the difference between a Bucks team that won four in a row to the team that last Sunday played the Saints or didn't play the Saints. They didn't turn over the ball. They turned over the ball last Sunday versus the Saints. And, of course, you know, maybe you can get away with that versus a bad team in the National Football League. You're not going to be able to get away with it against the Saints. The defense only only accumulates one sack. Your boy, the punt god, had two horrific punts in the game. Um, you know, Shane two City, poor. Baby. It, City. Yeah, I did not punt the ball well. To be honest, and again, we're just we're, we're we try to be objective on this podcast. We will tell you when they do great, and we you also got to tell them when they when they didn't play well. And Camarda did not punt well. Two two really really poor punts when the game was still in doubt. Um, that that gave New Orleans some really good good field position. And I thought the play calling was way too conservative early. Just too many. First and second down runs, especially after about the second drive, second or third drive, when you realize we're not going to run for 100, 100 plus yards against his defense today. That he he waited too long to open it up, and I think that was a a mistake. And you know you can't keep. You know, as you heard, the you were there. The fans were booing him out of the building in the middle of the third quarter when they kept running the ball on first and second down for one and two yards. Yeah, it's not going to get it done. And then on top of it, it doesn't make your second and third downs manageable. So basically you become one-dimensional at that point because the third downs are third and eight, third and nine, third and 11 because you're picking up penalties also. That didn't help. Uh, and you, you're, you're, you're just passing the ball at that point. So what set up this offense in general was being more aggressive on first and second down, and that was throwing the ball. Throw the ball to set up the run instead of trying to run the ball on first and second down, which had no success at all. Throw the ball. Let it rip with Baker Mayfield. I, I get it. He's going to have some turnovers, but let it rip a little bit. Open up that playbook and, and see what happens. And you don't get the ball to Mike Evans nearly enough. Only three catches. I know he had 70 yards, but again, no Marshawn Lattimore. You have to figure out a way to scheme him open, whether it's short balls or jump, I mean, something. You have to figure out a way to get him more than three catches. Trey Palmer, again, had a good game, four for 84 and a touchdown, but he can't be your leading receiver. you got to force feed the ball to Mike and Chris. Uh, Otten had a couple of catches. Palmer is a perfect third option if you're can if you throwing some balls to Mike and Chris to open up. Again, you saw Palmer got open, and I and I get it. They're double covering Mike. They're not going to let Mike kill him, but as an offensive coordinator, you got to figure out ways to beat to 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 break to beat those to beat those uh, whether it's formationally, motion shifts, whatever. You got to figure out ways to get Mike Evans the ball more than three times. And then also Chris Godwin. You know, again, you go back to that four game winning streak. What was the difference? The focal point of that offense, if it wasn't Mike Evans, it was Chris Godwin. You got to figure out how to get your playmakers involved, and they didn't do that. They haven't. They, they didn't do a good job of that, and that was disappointing. And you feel like, you know, once you have that four-game winning streak and you're doing what's successful, why go back to what you were doing before when you lost six out of seven? Why not continue to do it? Whether it's game plan, scheme, 
You've got to figure it out because some of the things that were working against bad teams are not going to work against these good teams. You've got to play your style of football, and you can't continue to be conservative. And I don't necessarily think it's all Dave Canales. I think it's all, also it's Todd Bowles. No, I'm going to put that one on Dave Canales, man. This is on Dave Canales last Sunday. Well, it's on Dave Canales, but I also think it's Todd Bowles saying, you know, we, we're, 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 not, we're not doing this enough or we're doing too much of this or – you know, defensively, also, I, I don't see enough blitzes. They're not getting there. You're playing back in zone. It's third and five. You got guys that are 10, 15 yards back. That's not going to get it done. So it's just the conservative nature. And that's the problem with Todd Bowles and a lot of Bucks fans where they're pulling their hair out because we've seen where Todd Bowles can be aggressive. And we also seen this conservative nature where not only defense and offense, and I think he's in Dave Canales' ear about, you know. I'm sure to some degree, but I think he's letting Dave call the game, I think. I think he let Dave call the game. You come out aggressive against the Panthers. I don't care if they're a two-win team. You're more aggressive on both sides of the ball, and I think that's complimentary football for this team going into 2024. Just my opinion. Yeah, and, and the last thing, when we'll get to the Pro Bowl selections here in a second. The, the, the obviously the, the issue at the end of the game on the two-point conversion to Godwin, Baker Mayfield gets hit by Tyron Matthew. Everybody said that was a late, late hit. I didn't think I didn't think it was that late. I thought it was I, – I, I don't mean, people were screaming and hollering that it was a cheap shot. I don't think it was. If you really look at the replay, he didn't hit him high. He hit him in the ribs. I thought it was a pretty clean hit, to be honest with you. But Mayfield was clearly compromised after that hit. Um, you know, and he didn't, he, he, you know, he obviously, they didn't return to the game. They didn't recover the onside kick. So they didn't have to go back on offense, but um, that's an issue that's moving forward is, is what is the condition of his ribs? How much pain will he be able to tolerate as we move through the week? Did not practice on Wednesday. I would not anticipate him practicing Thursday, to be honest with you. Friday will be a key day of whether if he practices at all Friday, you would you'd feel comfortable that he's going to probably be able to start. But if he doesn't practice Friday, then Todd Bowles has got a decision to make. Do you practice? Do you play? Do you start Baker Mayfield with no practice time, no nothing, and still probably compromise to some degree, or do you give? And we're gonna I'm gonna get your opinion on this in a second. Or do you give Kyle Trask an opportunity to start? knowing that you can have Baker Mayfield potentially in relief if you need him to come in in the second half. Um, your thoughts, Do you, just just give me a thought here. If Baker Mayfield is can't practice all week, do you start him on Sunday or do you start the guy that's taking all the practice reps? Take, you start Kyle Trask. Um, and I think, you know, that's – that's a, that's a major ask. I get it. Carolina's not good when it comes to the whole team overall, but they're number 10 defense in the National Football League. So it will be a challenge uh, for the young man, and hopefully he's able to be successful with it. So I agree. I think it, you got to start Trask. And going back to the, the late hit, it's just another dirty hit by the Saints. You know, I don't agree. I'm going to disagree with that one, Peter. Yeah, I think I think you could have you, – you didn't have to hit him. The ball was already gone. Uh, there wasn't even a penalty. I think there was a penalty called on the play. It was a dirty hit. The Saints are known for it. They're known for bouting gates. <laughs> known for it. And, and Tyron Matthew, he's been a guy in the past who's done it before. He tried to do it to Tom Brady, tried to get up in his mug, uh, basically got shut down. There's no reason for it. And, and the Saints know, somebody mentioned this tonight on my show, the Saints knew what they were doing because they were trying to hurt Mayfield to hurt the Bucks' chances of getting to the playoffs and if they could win a playoff game. So I'm, I'm, that's what they do. I mean, that's, that's not surprising. It's why Bucks fans, you talk to them all around the Bay Area, yeah. why do you hate the Saints? Because they're dirty. They're a bunch of dirty SOBs. When I was, and again, last thing, we'll, and we'll get to uh, TJ, TJ's chat that I, TJ and I had. The thing I'm most disappointed about, and, and again, We've talked about this. There's been a lot of support for Baker Mayfield, but in the moment we needed him, he came up. He came up lame. Did not play well when when you needed him the most. I know the defense didn't play great early, but Baker Mayfield did not play well that first two and a half quarters. No, he didn't, and and that's again that's disappointing, and that that's the wave that you're the roller coaster, if you will, that you ride with the Baker Mayfield experience. You know, he's up in some games. He's doing some great things. He's accurate. He's making all the right decisions. And then he comes out and has a game like that, and you're like, damn, how was this guy the first overall pick in the first place? Oh, that's the reason why he had all those teams in the first place. So it's it's so frustrating because you think that he's going to he's, he's, he's going to be this guy. He has 28 touchdowns and 10 interceptions, but you feel like he should have better numbers because there's some games where you're like, 
this guy doesn't got it. And, and more issues with balls getting batted down at the line. Yep. I mean, he leads the league in getting passes batted down by the defensive line. It goes back to his height. Um, and, you know, does he does he lock into the receiver too much, which allows the defensive lineman to get their hands up? That can be debated. Um, but, again, it also goes back to your offensive line also being dominated, okay? Because you, you have Aaron Stinney who was terrible. You have they got whooped. They got whooped this week, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that's a problem. And that's something you're going to have to address in the offseason with this team going forward, no matter if you have a 6'4", 6'5", quarterback. Now, is it more likely not to happen with a bigger quarterback? Sure it is. But you have a defensive lineman in your face, and let's face it, the Saints clearly – they came out, their game plan was to be more physical, physicality, at the, physical at the point of attack, you know, uh, dominate that offensive line, which they did, and then on top of it, uh, you know, get after Baker and, and cause him to uh, be uncomfortable, and he was. All right, give me a thought. Pro Bowl selections came out late Wednesday. Mike Evans makes it for the fifth time, I believe, and then uh, kind of the, the biggest snub which is hard to believe. No Antoine Winfield on the initial Pro Bowl uh, list. Uh, you could make an argument for, for Tristan Wirfs potentially, but Antoine Winfield for sure, the biggest snub for the Buccaneers. Your thoughts? I mean, you got Buda Baker, zero interceptions, zero forced fumbles, and zero sacks. Yeah, that's ridiculous. You got Antoine Winfield Jr., five forced fumbles, four fumble recoveries, and five sacks, and a partridge in a pear tree. I don't know, you know, somebody was saying this on Twitter, which again is a, is a very toxic place, that Kyle Hamilton of Baltimore is the best safety in the game. No, Antoine Winfield Jr. is the best safety in the game, and it is completely ridiculous, and there should be an investigation of why Winfield Jr. is not in the Pro Bowl. I don't understand it, and I also don't understand Tristan Wirfs. How is Tristan Wirfs not the best left tackle in the game? Well, he's not better than he's not better than Trent Williams. Uh, I'm sorry, he is. He's gotten a lot better than Trent Williams. He's not at left. I, come on now, you got to be fair to me. Be I'm fair. Being fair. I'm being fair. I mean, when's the last time he he's top two or three? He's top two. He's top five for sure in the league. Oh. Top probably two or three. But but you can't say that he's better than Trent Williams. I think he's, he's he might be in the same class, but you can't say that he's better. I think he's been better this year, and they should have given him the nod, especially with what he's done with going from a right tackle spot to a left tackle spot and being on the same level as Trent Williams or being better. Come on, man. Come but, on. but you also have to remember they're 13-3 and three too now. Oh, who cares? It's well, he's a big reason. He's a big reason why. And he's probably going to have the – He's also hurt a lot of the time, too. Him and, and the other guy there, Lane Johnson, who's hurt for the majority of his career. Get the hell out of here. Tristan Warps should be in the in the Pro Bowl. Well, the good thing is some of the Buccaneers will probably get a Pro Bowl nod here because when you got the Ravens and the 49ers, that'll probably be playing deep in the playoffs, which means they most likely won't be going to the Pro Bowl. So there'll be some alternative alternate selections. I would imagine Warps and Winfield are probably first and second on the list as far as alternates when, when these guys bow out of the pro bowl and all that again the pro bowl is not as not as lucrative and not as prestigious as it once was all pro selections will be the key i think when the all pro selections come out you could see definitely antoine winfield on the first or second team at all pro safety i would expect that i think mike evans could potentially make a, a second or third team all pro list as well and maybe even a tristan war so to me that's the real prestigious honor that these that the players really take pride in yeah, Pro Bowl is a glorified uh, watching a Miami Dolphins game, you know, where they refuse to tackle. I mean, it's flag football. I mean, that's what the Dolphins did last week versus the Ravens when the Ravens put 56 on them. Um, it's a joke. And, uh, you know, it, it just shows it, it continues to be a joke. Uh, the real players should be put in there. And I'm just going to go to bat for Tristan Wirfs and, of course, Antoine Winfield Jr. And, and Velveeta Vea is not in there. Baker Mayfield, first alternate. He had a good year. I mean, you look at his numbers. They're pretty good. I mean – the Bucks don't get any; they don't get any credit. And, and part of it's a popularity contest because remember the players vote on this too. So guys vote for guys around the league, whether they know them, friends. They're petty. You know. They're petty. They don't like the Bucks. The national media doesn't like the Bucks. They didn't expect anything from them, and the colleagues and peers are petty about that, and that's the reason why you you see you know, a lot of Bucks being snubbed. I got gotcha. you. All right. All right, Buck fans, we're gonna we're gonna talk to TJ Reeves, Buccaneer Radio. I had a good chat with him about some Buck history, about must-win situations the Bucks have faced in the past, 
in the last week of the regular season. We talked about some pl- the playoff scenarios. There is a playoff scenario in play that if the Bucks tie, have a tie on Sunday, they can still make the playoffs. So TJ and I, TJ and I get into this with a little history. TJ, TJ tells a couple great stories about uh, a, a clinching game back in 2005 with John Gruden and company. Uh, and then we go, we even go back to 1979, Peter, the wow. famous three, nothing Kansas city monsoon game with Neil O'Donohue kicking the game winner. So um, enjoy my chat with, with TJ Reeves, Buccaneers radio. Soon as that is over, we will be back and me, Peter and I will preview the must win game winner take all game in Carolina versus the Panther. We'll be back in just a minute. Actually Buck fans. It's going to be a few minutes because TJ and I talked for a little while. So enjoy our chat with TJ, and we'll be back right after the TJ uh, spot with our preview of Bucks Panthers. Now a word from Titan Home Lending. Are you in the market for a new home? Are you looking to get into a, a single-family residence, condo, townhouse, duplex, whatever it is? If you need financing help to get pre-approved, which you need to do, reach out to Titan Home Lending and Jason Powers. We'll get you approved in less than 24 hours. We'll get you qualified, figure out what you can afford, and we will get you in a position to be able to make that offer. So reach out to me, Jason Powers, Titan Home Lending. We can help you with an FHA loan, a VA loan if you're a veteran, a conventional loan, a bank statement loan. We can help you with a investment property, a second home. Whatever their financing needs are, reach out to me, Titan Home Lending and Jason Powers, 205-790-1404. All right, Buck fans, welcome back. No Quarter Given Podcast. I'm Jason Hopefully you enjoyed Peter and I's breakdown of the bad New Orleans game, which we're and we're going to get to the preview of the Carolina Panthers here in a must-win, win-and-get-in game. But before we get to that, we are going to bring in Buccaneer Radio sideline guy, guy you all know and love. You hear him every week on the sidelines, along with me, Gene, and Dave Moore. Mr. T.J. Reeves, welcome. Happy New Year, sir. Happy New Year to you, and I should shout out to the audience here on No Quarter Given. We love the nostalgia. We love everything that Jason and I are about to talk about. But Mr. Power is very versatile. Not only is the uh, host here on No Quarter Given, co-host with Peter, uh, but also does a fantastic job in other roles, podcast host, uh, host, analyst roles, but even doing stats and spotting with me on the ReliaQuest Bowl, the former Outback Bowl college football game, LSU and Wisconsin. We had a dandy game in the new year. The first, uh, we I keep joking, you and I two years in a row now have been involved, really three years in a row, have yeah. been involved in the first game of the calendar year. As I like to say, thousands of football games will be played in 2024 here, 2024, from the youth level to the high school level, to the college level, to the NFL and all the other leagues. And we did the first game in the ReliaQuest Bowl. It is a it is a privilege here in Tampa, and LSU won the game. And you did a great job with the stats and the spotting. Public shout-out, Brother Powers, on the No Quarter Given podcast before no. we dive in head first on the Buccaneers. You get the shout-out. You were the man on the call. I was taking notes from – I was taking notes, no, notebook paper full of notes <laughs> from you, all that kind of good stuff. No, you did a fantastic job on the game. And, again, we had a good game, so that made it nice. As, as, yes, and I'm sorry I didn't get the stat for you. I know at the end. You keep beating yourself up. I, I, I looked through I, the book what? and I couldn't find it you through the Relax record book. LSU went on a 98-yard drive to take the lead. I'm going to go ahead game. and call it the record. Until win somebody it. else disproves us, That's we're right. going to call it the record as the 98-yard drive for LSU to win the game. <laughs> you were looking for it feverishly in the stats. <laughs> uh, but it's good. It's all good. And we had a blast with that. And now – and now we got Buccaneers and Panthers uh, coming up. Winner-take-all situation for the NFC South for the Bucs. Obviously, Atlanta and New Orleans need the help of a Buccaneer loss. But you got you got so much drama coming into this weekend, there's no doubt. So win and get in for the Buccaneers, like we've mentioned. There's also a tie scenario, which we're going to get into in just a few minutes, yep. that a potential tie in the game, <laughs> along with something, some other help, could get the right. Buccaneers in the, divi- in the playoffs as well. But before we get to that, this, we get to this, this pod, this pod is yes. always about the nostalgia and buckpower.com. Yes. And you're going to love this folks about nostalgia with ties and almost ties and the Buccaneers and when to get in. You're going to love it. I'm just teasing that. Go ahead. Yes. Before we get to that, let's, let's get a little on the field news before we get going. 
News, obviously, is we're recording this on a Wednesday night. And as of Wednesday, Baker Mayfield did not practice on Wednesday. Doesn't look great that he's probably going to practice Thursday. Friday's, to me, the important day, TJ. As you know, the NFL calendar, if guys don't practice Friday, that's usually not a great sign to play Sunday. You know, you're hearing positive things out of Baker. I'm going to try to play, and I'm man. He's got a rib injury, going to manage the pain. But Kyle Trask is getting these important reps in practice. Talk about what your thought of if you got to play Kyle Trask Sunday, do, or, or if there's a, dis, a, a debate, do you start Kyle Trask and have Baker Mayfield in relief, or do you potentially start Baker Mayfield, see how it goes for a quarter, and maybe go to Kyle Trask? It's a great debate uh, about what do you do. And the, the real question is how effective can he be for how long? And we don't know that answer. So let's say you want to start him. And with the miracle of modern medicine and, and a needle and a needle and a needle. Okay. <laughs> Here's what we know about the needle though. The needle only lasts so long and they can right. only give you so much of the stuff. So to your point, do you give him the painkiller that we're talking about? and see if he can play the first half and how effective is he? Or do you go ahead and wait and see what does Kyle Trask look like in the first half? And then Baker maybe gets the painkiller at halftime to play the second half of the game. Uh, again, I'm not a doctor. I, I don't have any inside knowledge, despite right. my role on how bad this is. Uh, but I would have to believe he had a flak jacket on. He, he was talking openly like it's probably a broken rib. Now, Let's distinguish this while we play doctors. There are different levels of broken ribs where it can be just slightly broken. The rib cartilage, et cetera, can be slightly broken. We're not talking about a rib that's cracked open, sticking out, and is punctured along. You can't play with that, right. obviously. You can't walk. You're in the hospital when that happens. Uh, so he's not in the hospital. So there's a chance that he's going to be able – to tape it up, take a shot, and be able to play. And again, we're just speculating on how serious it is. It may be that he practices on a limited basis, and then he tells them, hey, I can deal with the pain. I can make the throws. That's the other key thing, Jason. Can he make throws down the field with ribs bothering him, right? If he can't right. throw the ball on a line 20 yards down the field, if he can't throw a deep ball, if they need him to hit a deep ball because of you gotta his play ribs, trash. you got to play you're trash. almost like a liability. you got to play the third-year guy out of Florida because he can make the throws just while we have the debate. Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. If he, Especially if he doesn't practice Friday, do you put your all your marbles into a guy that hasn't thrown a ball all week into Sunday and, and he got to have a game? Or do you go to the guy who you've drafted with a second-round draft pick, you think he can You think he can be serviceable? That's going to be a very interesting decision for the, for, the, for the coaching staff, obviously the front office and Todd Bowles come Sunday if there's a debate whether he can play or not. And they're doing the smart thing, and I know you want to move on. Give Trask some first-team reps. Yep. It's not the same thing as a game, but give him the first-team reps in the event that you need him because you're right. Here's one more factor that we don't want to contemplate. What happens if Baker Mayfield gets out there and a Carolina Panther falls on him or hits him again, and he's in agony and he says, I can't play after right. you have this plan to play him? Then you got to go. Then you got to go with Kyle Trask. Let's let it play all out. Uh, here over the next 72 hours or so, like you're saying, no one is going to know for sure what he looks like, how he can do until one o'clock Sunday. When That's we right. see this, uh, as much as he may talk up, I can do it. Uh, we, we don't know. We don't know till we see it with the injured ribs. He's been playing with a bad shoulder. He's had an ankle problem. He's a gamer. Yep. Let's see what it looks like on Sunday. We won't know till Sunday. In the last roster thing, we'll move on. This brings into John Wolford into play too. You got to have give him a few reps this week, just in case. You never know because if Baker can't play, Wolford's got to be your backup, and you never know. You got to give him a few reps as well. You're just you're you're preaching the doomsday scenario. But what happens as you're suggesting if something happens to Kyle Trask? Right, and that's where you got to have at least some opportunity there uh, to have a third quarterback. So we'll see. Yeah. Many different variables with this here, and we're early enough where Wednesday Baker could afternoon. heal yep. enough that maybe it's not going to be as big a concern, but we'll see. All right. Give me a quick thought on the lack of urgency by the Buccaneers against New Orleans. All the, you, you talked to the guys in the locker room post game. That seemed to be the sentiment as we just weren't as much into it as we needed to be as far as an urgency factor. And I just don't understand that. I don't understand how you're not ready to go. And Levante David saying on Buccaneers radio, that uh, we weren't ready to go. I wasn't ready to go. I have never, Jason, heard him 
speak right. in those terms before. And maybe it just got infectious in the first quarter where, you know, one negative thing led to another. You're you're on your heels. You're not aggressive. The Saints are aggressive, but you got to snap out of that. In the second quarter of the game, you got to snap out of that. And they just never seem to be able to. And I, I understand the concern as it morphs into this week that you better do some positive things in the first quarter and you better get the lead in the first quarter because the chicken littles situation, the sky is falling, starts taking effect. If you suddenly fall behind here again against Carolina, here we go again. That's not good. You don't even want to enter that scenario, but I, I don't know that we have an explanation. And at this point you try to learn from the intensity part, the focus, the lock-in at the beginning of the game, do positive things at the beginning of the game, and you should be able to beat this Carolina team and then just move on. All right, so let's talk about some nostalgia in Buccaneer history. There's <laughs> only been a couple of times that we've been able to find, and you can confirm this yeah. at power.com, and we, we just yep. did some research before we started here tonight. A Bucks win and get in in the last game of the regular season. And That's I right. think you and I have only been able to identify two of them, and they go way where back. They did, where they did win in on the, the last they week of the season. They certainly have had a couple of opportunities to make the playoffs and didn't win. But in terms right. of need to win to get in, and they did win to get in. So I, I love Paul and his resource. So the 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 most uh, famous one uh, is obviously the 79 win and get in. The 3 nothing game with Kansas City where I believe they had lost three in a row, um, needing to win only one of the last two or three. To get in, and it, and it was a three nothing game in a monsoon against Kansas City. That was the final game of that regular season to get in the playoffs and beat the Eagles a couple of weeks later uh, in the divisional round of the playoffs. Was that so Neil O'Donohue? Was that Neil O'Donohue with the correct. game winner? Neil O'Donohue with the only points. Neil O'Donohue, who still lives in the Tampa Bay area in Clearwater, Florida, is the hero from the '79 game with the only field goals. It was a chip shot, like twenty-two or twenty-three yard field goal. But in the old stadium, uh, with the downpour monsoon. of rain and the awful yeah. field and the monsoon, you only needed three points. So that was win and get in. But you're also preferential uh, to uh, the game in the Silverdome, 1981, the 16th and final game, the 10-5 and five Buccaneers, the 10-5 and five Detroit Lions playing for the NFC Central title that day. That was also win and get in, my friend, for that day. And, so, and that we had a Doug Williams to Kevin House bomb and the famed David Logan fumble return. David Logan, who then served in the Tampa Bay media market for many years on the on, on as, as a broadcaster. That's right. Well, again, that was one of the young, you were a couple years older than me, but I was a young eight-year-old at the time. <laughs> that was one of the first memories, big memories I had of the Buccaneers and some success. Yeah, Leroy on the sack, Logan picked it up and ran it in, and then the Doug Williams bomb to Kevin House, the 80-yard bomb, helped clinch that game. So that was win and get in for the NFC Central title, get into the playoffs, uh, and then the and then the Bucs were on the road to play the Dallas Cowboys yep. um, and end up uh, getting wiped out by the Dallas Cowboys. Two years in a row, the Cowboys beat the Buccaneers. Uh, and so there have been other situations i mean for example john gruden's final four games nine and three buccaneers 2008 didn't win any of the last four right and either one of the last two right the, the week uh 16 game with the bye the 15th game didn't win it and then the week 17 game the 16th game at home with the raiders the team he came from at home didn't win that one either that was win and get in right to win a, a wild card spot and didn't get in. So there, there have been occasions where it hasn't worked out. That's that's for sure on the final week of the season. But this is this is win and get in come Sunday against Carolina. We are for sure. providing the positive energy, the, the win and get in going into Sunday. All right. There is another scenario that I want to get to. You've got a, you, you've got a good – if the Bucks tie – and a couple of other things happen. The Bucks could then still get in as a wild, as, as either the division winner or potentially or a wild, wild card. card. Okay, so, so give, I realize. Give me a story. I realize on the front end, this is a very unlikely scenario. But Buck fans, the, these are scenarios that you have to look at. There has not been a tie in the NFL this season, in the 2023 season that we've just uh, had the first 17 weeks up. So there's obviously 16 more games to play, but no ties as of yet. The Buccaneers only have one tie in their history. Again, buckpower.com, phenomenal resource. That is a 1980 
game with Green Bay at home. Richard Batman Wood. The Batman had an interception return for a touchdown to help force overtime. The Green Bay kicker, which I do not believe was Jan Stenerud. We'd have to look it up. The Green Bay so. kicker missed a, a field goal late in the game and then missed a field goal in the overtime. And neither team scored in the overtime. And that is the only Buccaneer tie. That's still Doug Williams, obviously, second year with the team. That's Leroy Selman, uh, Bill Capice. Uh, the, those Buccaneers, uh, Ricky Bell, et cetera, yep. that's the only tie, and it came 44 seasons ago in 1980. <laughs> All right, so the Bucs have not had a tie. in. F- so we're saying the likelihood of this is minuscule. It's not likely to happen. But I'll but- say this. Three or four years ago, the Chargers and the Raiders were in overtime, and they the Chargers could have played for the tie and would have made the playoffs. And Staley, like the bozo that he was as the head coach, went for it when he shouldn't have. All he needed was a tie. That's they right. don't make it. The Raiders go down and kick a field goal and beat them and knock them out of the playoffs. So it's happened three it or four has. years ago. It ha- yes, good, good three years ago. It was actually it, three years ago. That's right. It is a good reference point that it could happen. Uh, and again, in the scenario, if the Bucks finish eight, eight, and one, the NFL has put that out there, and the Packers lose to the Chicago Bears and the Seahawks lose right. to the Arizona Cardinals, the Bucks will finish by a half game with a better record than Green Bay and a better record than the Seattle. Seahawks at eight and nine, and they will get the seventh and final NFC spot, the third right. and final wild card in a tie. Now. If you want to get really crazy, <laughs> even in the event of a tie, the Bucs could still win the South if Atlanta ends up defeating New Orleans, where they're right. both eight and nine. A Falcon right. win makes the Falcons and the Saints eight and nine. A Buccaneer tie, tie at eight and eight. They're and in. One. They're in. They've won the <laughs> South with a tie. So it right. very expressly is in the playoff scenarios. Buccaneer tie, Saints loss Buccaneers win the division now again obviously if New Orleans wins that's a ninth win they've won the division right if the Buccaneers tie so certainly uh not not a likely thing but here we go in the nostalgia you want some nostalgia on the no quarter given podcast all right so let's go back to 2005 this is John Gruden uh, as the coach, this is Chris Sims, Joey Galloway, Mike Allstott on offense. Some guy named Derek Brooks, Brooks is Brooks the outstanding linebacker. Uh, some other guy named Rondé Barber, now in the Hall of Fame, is in the secondary uh, still for the team. So this is the week 16 uh, of the NFL, 16-game schedule, 15th game of the season, being played on Saturday, Christmas Eve in Tampa. You can go back and look this up on buckpower.com. As well, Bucks and the Atlanta Falcons, two division games to end the year. This Michael and Vick. This is Michael Vick for Atlanta. By the way, uh, I'm trying to remember T.J. Duckett. I think was the probably Ward Dunn. Probably Warwick, Warwick Dunn. Dunn in Atlanta, uh, etc. All right, so Vick and the Falcons and the Chris Sims, Derek Brooks Buccaneers know that the winner is in the playoffs. The loser is practically out, and the winner is also in the driver's seat to win the division and have a home playoff game. So it was essentially win and get in. It was not the final game, but it was essentially win and get in. And how does this tie into, tie being the key word, how does this tie into a tie? Uh, Paul and I were going over this. I believe this is the next closest game in an overtime to a tie in Buccaneer history, December 24th. 2005 you want even more nostalgia tj wife and parents were in hawaii i'm doing usf basketball tournament in hawaii christmas week (laughs) we flew on friday night december 23rd overnight from honolulu through dallas to tampa for this playoff game (laughs) with my with my dallas plane landing at about 5 or 6 a.m local time in dallas saturday morning Dallas plane taking off at about 8 a.m. local time, about 9 a.m. Tampa time, landing in Tampa at 11 a.m. Eastern time, two hours before the game. So I have flown over 7,000 miles from Honolulu to Tampa to come be part of Buccaneers and this Christmas Eve afternoon game with Atlanta. 
Uh, and now the game goes into overtime. The game at the end of regulation uh, is, is obviously tied up. I can't remember. I, I believe the Falcons maybe had a chance to win the game and could not get into field goal range. So the game has gone to overtime. So the Falcons kick off. And Edel Shepard, there's a name from the past, returner for the Bucks, fumbles the overtime opening kickoff at like his own 20-yard line. He's hit. He fumbles. I'm standing there on the sideline. This is my first year in the sideline role in the game broadcast going, oh, my God, they're going to blow this, and the season is basically over uh, here. Uh, and so the Falcons now work the ball to the middle of the field, do a kneel down, do a handoff, and they're going to kick the winning field goal to win this 15th game, be in the driver's seat to win the South, all but knock the Bucks out of the playoffs. And Dwayne White, remember that name, defensive lineman, Buccaneer Steve fans. White. The, Steve White. Uh, Steve name? White, yes, but do, there were two Whites. Dwayne White. Okay. Dwayne White is the guy that got the hand on the field goal from the Falcon kicker. Yep. He blocks the field goal to keep the light game alive. All right, the Buccaneers move into scoring range. And Matt Bryant is the kicker for the Bucs in 2005, mm -hmm. and he misses the potential game-winning field goal, about a 40-yard kick he misses in the overtime. So now we've got about seven or eight minutes left in overtime. The Falcons get the ball, they punt. The Bucs get the ball, they punt. Now there's like two minutes left in a 15-minute overtime. We're looming in a tie. We're all wondering on the air, does a tie? who does the tie help? Right. We find out off the air on the radio, the tie helps the Buccaneers. In the event of the tie, the Bucs are in control of the destiny to be in the playoffs and win the division. This game also famous, as you remember, for Jason and the audience, where Jim Mora, then the coach, Jr., Jim Mora Jr., is on the flip cell phone with Rich <laughs> McKay, the new Falcon president. He'd been the Falcon president for a year or two, up in the press box, illegally, on a cell phone, you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to communicate with the outside What does world. the tie do for us? Yes, he's asking, does the tie help us or not? And Rich McKay relays to him, a tie does not help Atlanta. Wow. A tie helps the Buccaneers. So Jim Mora, for whatever reason, still punts the ball with like a minute left. The Bucs are using timeouts and punts the ball. And the Bucs get a long completion to Joey Galloway. I know this is a long story, but it ties in to the tie, to the whole tie thing. So uh, the long pass is completed to Galloway, and Matt Bryant kicks the field goal in the final seconds, in the 14-minute, 32nd range right. of sudden death overtime. Matt Bryant wins the game. The Bucs win the game in OT. And there you go with making the playoffs in the second-to-last game in a game that almost ended in a tie. Again, the Bucs have not had a tie since 1980. There was almost one in 2005, and there has not been one since right. while we're talking about ties. But I just thought I'd share the nostalgia. My friend, I was there and lived that, and the happy post-game show afterwards when that field goal went through. Again, anything related to Buccaneer history, Buccaneer.com, oh. players, audio, stats, breakdown, scoring, all that kind of stuff. That's the place to go. Paul Stewart does an awesome job. Amazing at, job. He allows us to do our do our thing here. All right. I'm just double-checking. The field goal came with 15 seconds in overtime, courtesy of Buckpower.com. 14:45 of overtime is wow. when Matt Bryant won this, that game. It was that remember, close to being a tie. Again, if he misses, if if if, there's your second tie in Buck history, and it would have helped them make the playoffs in 05. And remember, Buck fans, we no longer play 15 minutes; we only play 10. That's so a couple of those possessions would have been nullified because of the 10 minute overtime. So, all right, let's get to Sunday. Supposed to be nice weather, 55 degrees or so in Charlotte. No rain. Give me a couple keys to victory here for the Bucks of, of important points that you that you want to see coming off the lackluster performance last week. Four awful turnovers last week. Do not turn the ball over. Do not help them get the early lead. It is vital. Get out seven nothing. Get out ten nothing. Demoralize them. If you give Carolina hope and confidence, that's trouble. So the fast start. Don't turn it over. Uh, capitalize on red zone opportunities. Uh, when they are there, if they're there with touchdowns, not just field goals. Those are the three th biggest things that stand out. This is a team, we've joked, you're going to joke again here in a second. Have they checked out or not? I mean, you were using a line on another show earlier today. 
about do you want Carolina's mentality to be what about first quarter, second quarter of this game? What do you want it Put, to be? Putting the luggage in the in the trunk and getting ready to go on vacation to the Caribbean. <laughs> I mean, That's seriously, true. these guys. I mean, if you if you get up fourteen nothing middle of the first, second quarter, they're going to pack it in, thinking about not getting hurt, thinking about That's their right. contract. They're going to have a new coaching staff, so it's not like That's right. I mean, so. This is this you can't let this team hang around. And they have nothing to play for with the draft pick. They lost, they gave away their number one right. pick in a trade to Chicago. So that's not relevant. As you mentioned, you're not playing for a head coach that's going to be back. So uh what are and this you team is for? bad? They're bad they on all bad. they're the worst team, they're the worst team in the NFL. And if you can't take care of this, I, I agree with everybody else. You didn't deserve to be in the playoffs, blowing right. this game, but let's not even go there. Let's talk about playing smart playing aggressive, getting up a couple of scores, and then you're talking about winning the NFC South and you're playing a home playoff game here, Mr. Powers. Absolutely. Looking like probably Philadelphia now, unless Dallas slips up on the banana peel, probably going to be a Philadelphia rematch if you win the game. Again, it'd be interesting to see where, where, where they get put that game as far as a TV, as far as is it a primetime game? Is it a Sunday 1 o'clock game? Let's worry about that later. But again, win the game on Sunday and you're in, it, that's that's – the most likely scenario for the Bucks to make the playoffs. You don't want to be relying on other people losing. No. Win the game. You're in. You got. You got the advantage. You got the. You know. You're the better team. Go do it. Go take care of business. This has been a very resilient team. Give Todd Bowles credit. He's played a lot, a lot of young guys. They've done a good job and they've had their ups and downs, but they've done really well the last five weeks of the, of the year. But you got to finish it off. And you know you know this, but I'm going to repeat it one more time. This was supposed to, by a lot of people's reckoning, be a lost season, a three- or four-win season, an awful season. And if they can, and I believe they will finish this off, with a ninth win and a playoff berth playing a game at home, that is a tremendous job all the way around by the coaching staff and these players because you don't accidentally win nine games in the NFL. Right. You can accidentally win three or four games like the Cardinals, some of the lesser teams, the Raiders, the lesser teams that are hanging around the jets, whatever you can win three, four, five games, but you don't win a seventh game late, eighth game late, a ninth game late with it all riding on it. If you're not at least decent or good. So give credit if they're able to finish this off, on, on, again, what was supposed to be a lost season, and I know you know that. And let's and, be talking about the playoffs next week. If we have a post-Christmas wish, let's be talking about the playoffs next week, please, and, Mr. Powers. And remember the Houston game they blew. They were the better team for most of that game. They could have had a 10th or 11th win, potentially, if you look at the schedule. Correct. But you got to win the game. This is the game. You, you had your clunker last week. You got another opportunity. You got to put You got to put the, the dagger in them and put them away early. All right, TJ, tell everybody where they can find out if, if you're not in the Tampa, if you're in the market, where they can listen to the broadcast. And if they're not sure. in the market, where they can listen. All right. So we're on the air on Buccaneers Radio at noon Eastern time. One Eastern time is the kick. You can find that locally in the Tampa Bay area, 98 Rock. There are affiliates over the air on the radio all over Florida, wherever you are, Orlando, Jacksonville, all over the state. Uh, to hear that the Buccaneers mobile app as well. You can hear us through that. You can hear us through Sirius XM, the NFL plus mobile app, Gene and Dave on the call. Let's let's go. But like you said, 1981 all over again, win and get in. That's the last time you took advantage of win and get in. Let's take advantage of it. Let's go bucks. All right. I don't think you're gonna have to pack too much of a, too much cold weather stuff, but maybe a little bit, maybe just to, What's the hey, I don't I don't care if I got to have five layers on. Uh, let's go. Let's go win the game. We had layers on in, in Lambeau and they played very well. Play like you did in Lambeau. And this is an easy Sunday because the, the, the Panthers, again, are ready to quit. So demoralize them, make them quit, get the win, go to the playoffs, brother. And if we have Buccaneer fans in the Carolina area, there might be more Buck fans than Panther fans. Go get tickets. Go get tickets get if you're in the region because there's going to be tickets for this game. Absolutely. Yes, sir. And yes, sir. All right, TJ Reeves, awesome job. Keep up the great work. We'll be ready for the playoff game next week. Enjoy your enjoy the flight. Be safe. And let's bring home a playoff berth in the division title. Great to be with you. Go Bucks. All right. We'll be back in just a minute or so. Peter and I will give our breakdown of this. We'll give a score update and a couple more points of emphasis for the Buccaneers as we go to Carolina to wrap up a division title. We'll be back in just a minute. 
If you have any buying or selling real estate needs in the Tampa Bay area or anywhere in Central Florida, reach out to Drew Felios, 813-382-9934. Drew can help you on the buying side or the selling side for any real estate, commercial, or residential property. Drew is my guy anywhere here in the state of Florida, especially in Central Florida and the Tampa Bay area. Reach out to Drew Felios, 813-382-9934 for all of your real estate buying and selling needs. All right, Buck fans, welcome back. No Quarter Given Podcast. I'm your host, Jason, along with Peter Blake. Happy New Year to everybody. Again, if you haven't already done so, subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast. This is a All Bucks podcast. Remember, any information you need related to Bucks, the stuff we talked about with TJ, go to buckpower.com, stats, uh, game recaps. You can you, TJ and I told some great stories about some uh, games from 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 young, from yesteryear, 1979, 1981 with Dave Logan in Detroit. We reminisced that game. That was a game, Peter Blake. Last game of the regular season, a Bucks had to win to get in scenario. And TJ and I came up with we believe that was the last time. The Bucs have been in a last game of the regular season win and get in scenario as far as the playoffs go. Mm. How about that? 42 years ago. 42 years ago. That's amazing. And I'm, I mean, 40, I'm 45, so it was three back then. That's right. That's right. So Dave Logan, I, that was one of the first games I remember growing up was I just remember that Dave Logan fumble recovery, scoop and score in the Silver Dome after a Doug Williams, the Kevin House bomb. I mean, just one of the, my first early buck memories of a, of, of a year that they were good. Because, again, most of my childhood, they were terrible. And, then, you know, 79, 80, 81 is when they started to get good. And I definitely remember the 81 game up in the Silverdome with Dave Logan and uh, the, the Bucks winning the NFC Central Division, not the South, but the Central Division. That's correct. And I remember hearing Dave Logan on the broadcast with Gene talking about that specific moment because at the time, Santana Dotson, I don't know if I was watching the game or not, but Santana Dotson, also had a fumble recovery, and Gene was saying, hey, it looks like Dave Logan. Looks like you when you had it. Uh, so I remember exactly what you were talking about. It was pretty funny. I didn't think Dave went as long as Santana did. Santana went about 40 or 50 yards. On yeah, that. Dave was about 25 or 30 yards, something yeah. like that. Yeah, Santana was his rookie year, too. Oh, Santana Dotson had a tremendous rookie year. First couple years in the league, he was tremendous with, remember this name? Floyd Peters is the defensive coordinator. Remember Big Floyd? Yeah, Floyd, ball-headed Floyd. Yeah, with the sunglasses, he was scared. Yeah. He was. He did actually did a good job with the Buccaneer defense. Yeah. All right, Peter Blake, trip to Carolina Sunday. Gotta have it. Lackluster performance by the Buccaneers in Week 17. You come to Week 18, you're playing a doormat of a team at two and 14. They are looking ahead to the to vacation time. They pretty much have their, their locker halfway cleaned out. Going to have a new coach in Carolina. You got all the drama with David Tepper throwing the drinks on people in Jacksonville, getting fined by the league. What a clown he's turned into as an owner. Give me a general opening thought about uh, the Bucks' urgency level and the need to, like you said, play from in front here on Sunday afternoon in Charlotte. Well, a Baker Mayfield plays in this game, and you would expect he would because I, I think, you know, Baker would have to have a broken leg in order not to play. But if he does play in this game, uh, he doesn't he can't repeat that same performance because he struggled the majority of the game versus the Panthers. In fact, he had an interception, big, long uh, touchdown there to Mike Evans to break the game open. They struggled versus the Panthers winning 21 to 18. So you're exactly right. Hopefully they have the adjustments there. Hopefully they throw the ball to set up that run because if they can do that, I think they can beat this uh, Panther team pretty easily. But again, don't sleep on them because they're playing for pride. They're playing to be a spoiler. And, uh, you know, they're they're playing for themselves. There's a lot of guys on this team that won't be on this team, but they're playing for jobs next year. So we'll see how it turns out. But you know, my opening thought is urgency, be aggressive. Baker has to have a good game, and the way you do that is you get him confidence. He starts off like the Green Bay game, 7 for 7. Why? Because you give him some easy throws, and then after that, it kind of snowballs. I hope they do the same thing versus the Panthers. Weather's supposed to be pretty good, 55 degrees, no rain. Remember the Bucks game here in, in town? I, was, I sat in the rainstorm at Raymond James and got soaked for three hours. So <laughs> that was to me, that was part of the, of, of the game as well. That here. That's Bucks. 
eating. Yeah, right. Right. Exactly. While I'm sitting in the end zone, which I had great seats. So thank you, uh, Mr. TJ Reeves and Mr. Reeves, Thomas Reeves, for, for hooking your boy up with an end zone seat. Here's my question for you, Peter Blake, and, and give me – if Baker Mayfield is 80%, 75%, has it practiced, what do you do? I told you. I start calling Trask. I okay. Chances. Uh, you scale down the playbook. Uh, you take the pressure off of him, but you say, listen – you have Mike Evans, you have Chris Godwin. Figure out a way to get them the ball. That's the way you're going to be successful. Like we heard in the offseason from Dave Canales, you're a point guard, distribute the ball. That's where you go with it. And if that doesn't work and you're making critical decisions like interceptions and stuff like that, you know, or if you're going to take a sack, live to fight another day. Take the sack instead of trying to make a play which is not there. Would you rather have a compromised Baker Mayfield start and then maybe Trask come in and relief maybe the second quarter if, he, if he's not playing well or can't do the things you need him to do? Or would you rather start a fully healthy Kyle Trask, and if he struggles mightily, maybe you try to bring in a Baker Mayfield at halftime who's maybe 75%, 80%? I, I don't know. I, I really don't. Like I want Baker to be the starter there, but if he's compromised and he's hurt, I, I don't Because these ribs, if it's a rib injury, which it sounds like it is, they don't typically heal in four or five days. You hate just being honest with you. And I know you can shoot them up with a needle, but a needle doesn't last all day. All I mean, it, it doesn't, it's not an all day elixir for the pain. And I just worry about Baker being compromised, trying to do something he shouldn't be trying to do, as we know he can sometimes do and be a little reckless. And all of a sudden you throw an out route and it's 10 to nothing Carolina end of the first quarter. Perfect scenario. Bucks get up 17 to nothing. You rest uh, Baker Mayfield. You depend on your defense. You have Kyle Trask come in. Much like he did last year when it didn't mean anything, but it does mean something. So Because you want to get him healthy, and, and maybe he doesn't play in this game because just of that fact, you take your chances. If you have confidence in Kyle Trask, which is what Todd Bowles said today in his presser, if you have that much confidence, you start him, you roll with him, you see how it plays out, if you win the game, you're able to get Baker some rest. You get him you know, rested up either for Philadelphia or Dallas, and you feel good about that situation. If not – I think I think if you play Kyle Trask, I think you let him throw the ball. That's easier. I think you let him throw it to set up the run. Like you said, I think he's going to get some decent looks. You got great receivers. Again, Kyle Trask, the Bucks invested a lot of money. A second-round pick. They paid him for three years. He knows the offense. I think – I think he's ready. I think he's ready for this moment. He's been biding his time. You haven't heard anything out of Kyle about being frustrated. I'm sure he's anxious and wants an opportunity. And we saw what he did. We did it at the University of Florida when he got his opportunity. Again, is he going to throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns? No. But can he throw for 225 and two and move, keep the Bucks moving and on schedule? I think he can. We'll see. All right. Defensively, it looks like. Tra Shaq Barrett, Carlton Davis is still in concussion protocol, but the way Todd was sounding, he thought it was trending that he was progressing. Again, the pass rush was non-existent last week against the Saints. You got to get a pass rush, whether it's Diaby, Vea, Cansey, whatever the combination is up front. Again, blitzing with, De with Devontae. Again, this Carolina offense is putrid. Bad, bad talent. Adam Thielen's the best player they got on offense, and he's a possession receiver at best. The running game is okay with Chuba and Miles Sanders. Bryce Young has been bad, to be honest with you. You got to put the ball in Bryce Young's hands and, and pressure him because he will throw one to the other team. Yeah, you're exactly right. And you look at this Carolina Panther team, uh, one time they've scored in the last 11 games over 18 points. The last time they played the Bucs, the Bucs only gave up 18 points. And I think like, Bryce Young for the year, 11 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, you know, nothing to write home about. So you're exactly right. If you're going to have a day, and they had four sacks the last game, so their defense did a good job. So hopefully you can have that momentum. You get Shaq Barrett back. I don't think Barrett is the same player, but he adds something to this defense that they lost. They didn't have, you know, the, the, the same pressure. I don't think he's the same player, but I think he's going to add something to it, and, and hopefully you can get him back, and you got to get more pressure. And whether, like you said, if it's Yaya Diaby, if it's Kansi, can JTS show up? Can he just hey, Carl, Yeah. And then Carlton Davis, I, you, you, you like to have him back and healthy and ready to go for not only this game, but if you win this game, you get to the playoffs because 
to me, once again, say whatever you want to about Carlton Davis, whether he's hurt or not. When he's healthy, he is a top 10 corner when he wants to be. He can lock down your top wide receiver. He can make some plays. So let's get these guys healthy. Hopefully they can play in this game because it is so important. Of course, I want Carl. I, mean, I want Baker Mayfield to play in the game, and obviously, I want him to play well. But I'm going to throw a scenario out to you, Peter Blake, and I'll get get a good thought. What if Kyle Trask plays really, really well and they win? Is there a chance Kyle Trask starts a playoff game? If he plays really good, I don't know. That's a great question. That's a, that's a great question because remember the Doug Flutie, Rob Johnson back in the day with the Buffalo Bills. Yep. Rob Johnson played really good in the last week of the season. And they went to Rob Johnson, the former Buccaneer, in the playoffs for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I think you got to go with uh, you got to go with your guy that got you there. I get that Kyle Trask had a good game, but if Baker Mayfield is healthy, that's <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I know if Kyle were to play really good, I'm just saying. But if he plays really bad, well, then 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 of course the decision's easy. Right. I'm talking about if he plays really good. It's it's an interesting point. It, I mean, I think it depends on health wise. I mean, is he healthy? Is he healthy? Is Baker healthy enough to go? If he's not healthy, uh, then yeah, you go with Kyle Trask in a playoff game. Which, by the way, it's going to be a lot tougher than Carolina. It's going to be either Philly or Dallas. Right. I'm rubbing my beard right now. I'm like, I hope you have good thing for the Bucks. In all seriousness, crowd noise should not be a factor Sunday in Carolina. I would imagine no more than forty thousand, if that, in the building. You're probably going to have a decent amount of Buck fans. So if you're a Buck fan in the Carolinas, tickets will be a plentiful and pretty cheap, I would imagine. Yeah, so if you're in the area of Charlotte, yeah. definitely head up to Charlotte for for a, for to support the Buccaneers. Again, that will be something. Again, if the game gets tight in the third or fourth quarter, crowd noise shouldn't be that big of a factor. In all seriousness, that would affect the Buccaneers. Yeah, it should be like a Rays game on Wednesday night. That's what it should look like. You know, sparse, very sparse. Yeah, speaking of Rays, our boy Wander Franco is in some big, 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 big. That's your boy. And that's not my boy. Because, uh, yeah, he's. Trouble. Uh, What's the worst yeah. situation? That one or, or, or I don't even know. What's the worst situation? No, there ain't worse than that. He's in, he's in a, he's, that or, that or you don't want to be in the Jeffrey Epstein, uh, you don't want to be on the Jeffrey Epstein list that that's getting released on Wednesday night. If you're, and don't think there aren't some professional athletes on that list on that Jeffrey, whether it's current or former athletes, high profile names allegedly might be on that list. Look out completely crazy in itself. I think that's probably a worse situation. You're right. And, And I actually was, and I don't know if you saw this or not, I was asked to give my expertise on the Franco situation on Channel 8. I, was I saw that, Peter Blake. Last week I was talking Congrats. about it. Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate it. So looks like I'm going to be maybe a regular on that broadcast from now on. All right, so I, so Peter Blake, first of all, two things. I got a new Christmas Buccaneer hat, so I'm showing it on the video if you're watching on video. Yeah, and two, yes. I saw you Monday at the ReliQuest Bowl, and I was able to give you your gift from Paul Stewart. From England, when on his visit for the back in November with the Titans game, what'd you think of your gift? I loved it. I used it today when I was drinking my coffee this morning, thinking about how much uh, I really don't like my job. I really would like to be doing sports broadcasting full time, and how I have to talk to Esther and Karen and Winifred and the old people gang there. And I was drinking out of the cup and seeing BuckPower.com every every stat, every player. Everything about the Bucks. Yeah, thank you very much to Paul Stewart for the coffee cup. The coffee was great. The coffee cup was even better. All right, Peter Blake, give me a prediction. Sunday, 1 o'clock. And remember, Saints and Falcons will be playing at the same time, so not you can't be doing a whole lot of – you got to win the game. There's almost no scenario other than a tie that the Bucks get in the playoffs unless they win the game. You go first. I'm going – I have a funny feeling Kyle Trask is going to play Sunday. I'm going 24-10 Buccaneers, and Kyle Trask throws three touchdown passes. Wow. I'm going to go 20-10, to and I think you might be right about this, but I'll go 20-10. to I'll be a little bit more conservative because this all – but what if? What if he does have a great game? <laughs> like, what if they score over 30 points a game? You, 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 you'll never – You'll never live it down because all the Trask people will be coming out of the woodwork. And you know what I'm talking about? It's like the, it's like the Glennon mom. Remember Mike Lennon? 
I just would like to see the guy playing a meaningful game and see what he really – the garbage game in Atlanta. This is the one. Oh, this, he, could, he could go down in Buccaneer lore if he wins this game coming off the bench like this in this kind of situation. He will go down in Buccaneer lore if they win this game and make the playoffs. Oh, I agree. I completely agree with you. And there will be controversy in this town about who should start, like you said, with Baker or Kyle. And we'll have to get you on the sports web to talk about it. We will do that. All right, 24-10 for me, 20-10 for Peter. Both of us have the Bucks hoisting another division title. Uh, again, important game, 1 o'clock. It'll be on – I think it's on Fox. I'm pretty sure it's on Fox. Uh will be a Fox game. Again, Buck fans, we will have a podcast for you next week, win or lose. If they're in the playoffs, we'll do obviously a, a, a podcast. Even if they lose, we'll do a kind of a recap podcast as well for you. Again, Peter Blake, tell me where they can find all your great work, man. Yeah, man, uh, the J.P. Peterson Show every day. But, of course, when I'm on there, Wednesday mornings from uh, 10 a.m. to 12 noon. And, of course, the Evolution of Sports Talk Television, Monday, Wednesday night, sometimes before Bucks games at the What the Buck tailgate before the game. And, of course, you know, after the game on the field for a home game and, of course, for an away game, you know, sitting around with uh, Mama Blake watching the game because she's a uh, good luck charm every time she watches the game with me, the Bucks win. We'll be on the post-game edition of the Evolution of Sports Talk Television in collaboration with the J.P. Peterson Show right after the game, taking your phone calls, all the interaction. Like and subscribe to the Sports Web on YouTube. And, of course, spread me on Facebook at Peter H. Blake. Powers on Sports Podcast. We, we do a deep dive into the national championship game with Coach Jim Levitt this week, break down the semifinals, look ahead to the finals. Also, Buck fans, if you're uh, and business owners in the area, uh, we got a couple feelers out. If you have any interest, in, if we have a playoff game, Peter and I can come to your establishment and do a remote night of the playoff game. We would make it very affordable for you to do that. We've got the equipment. Peter's got great stuff. So if you're interested, reach out to us at, on Twitter at JPO Sports, and we can definitely uh, get you set up if you're interested in having some buck coverage in your establishment on playoff, whatever that's a Saturday, Sunday, or Monday potentially. So we are available, and we've got some feelers out. But you can be the first on the list. So, all right, Buck fans, let's get to the finish line. Let's get a division title, and let's go, Buccaneers. Let's get one in Charlotte, wrap up the year 9-8, and eight, and let's host a playoff game. We will see you next next week, Buck fans. No quarter given podcast. Appreciate you finding us, and let's get to the finish line. See you later, Peter Blake. Join us again soon for another preview of a scallywag Buccaneer foe when we come back with another no quarter given podcast. And make sure for the best in historical Buck coverage, you go to BuckPower.com. And as always, keep listening to the BuckPower.com podcast network.